The Small Business Show, episode number 60, for March 23rd, 2016. Folks, and welcome to the Small Business Show at businessshow.co, where we talk about things of interest to small business owners every single week that we get together here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And from, coming to you from Lafayette, California, I'm Shannon Jean. How here we are again, there? Shannon. Yes, here we are. That's Our right. Wednesday uh, afternoon gig. That's it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. I enjoyed our conversation last week about the minimum wage. Yeah. So far, I... Uh, you haven't had anybody, uh, you know, have you removed your Kevlar vest yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't, but, uh, you know, we'd still love to get some, uh, some more, uh, feedback from folks and, you know, educate ourselves as we continue that discussion going forward. I'm sure we will. Feedback at business show.co please. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was cool. uh, Kevlar vests and tinfoil hats last week, I think. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. on both sides, you never yeah. know. Exactly. But it's good. That's why this isn't a political show. So Right. It's uh right. It's, you know, we're talking about business. But sometimes you so kinda this week we're just gonna tell people who to vote for in the upcoming election. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, what I think <laughs> that's I always love those uh you know, I'm on Facebook all the time and, sure. I, and I you know, share stuff with my family and all that stuff. We're all spread out. And uh I always at the beginning of a, a political cycle, you know, and I always I always post something like, you know, let, you're not going to change my mind or whatever this or that, you know, let's keep from hiding each other because <laughs> you know, yeah. you just don't want to see that stuff in your feed. Uh, so it's interesting. Yeah. Some yeah. people get it. Some people don't. Some people don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's um, yeah. There are, there are friends that, uh, that I just have to un like yeah. unfollow them or hide their posts or whatever. Um, yeah, it's fine. It works out. That's right. I'm sure people have done it to me for various reasons. I, you know, so. Oh yeah, oh, of course. Oh, I'm I'm convinced that half the people I'm quote friends with, <laughs> you know, have got me hidden. Oh yeah, and that's fine. That's that's a that's a good option. Well, you know? it it yeah, it means you're. I don't know. I think that's good. If you're making yeah. everybody happy, that's not oh, yeah. uh, that's not necessarily a great thing. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right. So, so what yeah, are we hey, up to today? Yeah. So I I, I uh, you know I'm a, a big fan of well. Let me let me rephrase that. Be say that I've spent a inordinate amount of my time in life being in the middle of one deal or another, and always trying to add value so you could be a uh, uh, a, a middleman, if you will, that brings something to both uh, all parties involved. And uh, I stumbled across an interesting article uh, the other day that I shared with you, and. Uh, you know, up on Fast Company, which we'll link to in the notes. Yep. And uh, I talked a lot about, in you know, in defense of the middleman. And, you know, going back to when the internet first started and things are going and e-commerce is growing, how, uh, you know, many people thought, well, it, this is it. It'll wipe out, you know, uh, the middleman. Well, of course, and, because I can just... It finally, I can be d directly in touch with whatever company or person I want to be. I don't have to have something. The, the internet is my middleman. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, I think that in, in many ways, the middleman that have disappeared are the ones that did not add any value. Yeah. The, the ones, ones that, that just knew how to do something that no one else, uh, was able to figure out or was willing to figure out how to do. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're just kind of in the, you know, uh, facilitating something and, you know, not do not, not adding anything, just yep. kind of marking it up if you will. Right. That's and, right. And, and, or slowing down the, the, uh, the process. Right. Um, so I thought this was a great article, uh, by Marina Krakowski. And I imagine, I believe she has a book on the same subject okay. as well. Yeah. The middleman economy. Um, and she has a good excerpt, excerpt here in, on Fast Company that talks about um, the kind of the rise of the uh, maybe internet middleman is the uh, yeah is the the term. And so I thought maybe we talk about that today and uh, get your take on it and share maybe some of you out there can we can hear your stories. And uh, I thought the article was really good because it it highlighted some of what you may not think is a, a middleman. In for example, it. Uh, you know, Marina called eBay and Amazon really as, as middlemen. And, and certainly eBay, uh, you know, that enables so many small businesses. But as we've seen over the last, you know, decade, as Amazon has built up their marketplaces, I mean, the majority of the products that ship out to customers from Amazon do not come from Amazon. Right. Right. And um, as someone that owns a business that sells on Amazon, we constantly have that question come up where folks don't even know who they're buying it from. Well, you know, that that's interesting because when you said eBay and Amazon were both classic examples of middlemen, my first reaction was, well, eBay, yeah, I get it, yep. you know, but Amazon, no, 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 no man. Uh, you know, most of the stuff I buy there is just from Amazon. You know, they, they have sure. a warehouse. It's no yep. different than me ordering from Sears and Roebuck, you know, back in the the quote unquote yeah. day, right? Yeah. In some cases, but, that's right. But it, yeah, you're right. But in some cases, it's not. Yeah. And and you don't even know they've they've obscured that not not in a bad way, but in a in a way that adds value. It facilitates it this transaction. Yeah, they're trying, and I think that you know, if you look at uh, Amazon's growth compared to eBay, you know, they've outpaced them you know, exponentially. And sure. one of the uh, uh, things that I think Amazon has done very well is position themselves as the, as the trustworthy middleman where eBay has kind of gone the opposite where they wanted to be the hands off marketplace. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, eBay has now uh, in the last few years really done some good things to try to get trust back and, from a seller standpoint, as well as a buyer, but uh, Amazon has done a great job of making people feel like, oh, I just click that button, boom, and it comes to me. Well, that and uh, that's it. There's no way that eBay could ever have the level of trust that Amazon does. Yes, Be- because right. they're intentionally not in that position of of being responsible for this getting to you. But I believe what you will see is for eBay to get back in that growth mode uh, is they're going to do more and more of this. And, and, a, and a, just a quick side, you know, one of uh, Amazon's powerful marketing uh, features is the single product page. Oh, so right. You, yeah. you go to Amazon, you search for an iPad. Let's say you want to buy an iPad Air, uh, first generation, whatever. Yeah. There's one page That's for right. that. And on that page is all the specifications and everything else. And you can buy it right in more often than not in the buy box. Uh, you can buy, you buy it from Amazon, but I don't know if people know this, but the buy box is open. You are, if you're a seller on Amazon, 
you're competing for the buy box. You, you compete with Amazon. Yep. So if you have a product you're selling that's in the same condition as other sellers and Amazon, you are constantly competing to be in the buy box. And, you know, so that's a powerful marketing strategy that Amazon has. Go to eBay, search for iPad Air, and uh, you're going to come up with a, a gazillion, gazillion sales, yep. right? They've tried to do better, and, I, and they have, with giving you some pull-down menus to try to fine-tune things and, and do their search. But Yeah, and those pull-downs become very particular for and, and yeah. specific to your product. It's 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 actually quite it, – it is. It's helpful. It's, it, it is helpful, and, it, and it's great. Uh, so it's a, it's a weakness, but it's also uh, – and I've told this many times to eBay folks, and uh, it, it, it's also a strength because you can sell – different versions of the same thing on eBay that you can't on Amazon. And it, it, it in many different, you know, you may have the same product, but it may not have every accessory with it, or right. it may be in a little bit different condition or may, I mean, it's, it's, it's wide open and yes, it makes it a little harder for the buyer, but once they do find you, you have an opportunity to sell it on that platform where oftentimes you can't. Yeah. There's nothing on Amazon that would let someone that's willing to sell an iPhone. That's a little bit scuffed up and doesn't have a charger for a little bit less than, you know, I mean, you could do it, but you're never going to compete. Yeah. Yeah. They do conditions, but most people don't sort by condition. Everybody sorts by price. That's it. And then they start to look at, you know, the seller and all that kind of stuff. So, so those are, you know, two, you know, well, pretty easy figured out. And then, you know, what uh, she did also is pointed out how LinkedIn is also a middleman and has become the uh, like number one uh, platform for recruiters that are trying to place people with employers and uh, that kind of thing to operate out of. And that's their, you know, their fastest growing revenue stream it's up like 46%. Uh, and what and how they generate money. And I thought that was, you know, it's fascinating that, yeah. that this is where these folks have, have moved to in, in a similar bent with, with real estate, you know, mentioned, you know, Zillow and Trulia and getting in the, in the middle of the transaction and making it better. And, and I come back to that same thing that added value. Yeah. If, you know, if, if Zillow or Trulia or LinkedIn or whatever, you know, if they're slowing down the transaction, they're, they're, you'll ne- they'll never make it, you know. But these, these folks are coming up with intriguing ways to share this data, present it to you, and then they go and find, okay, how can we make a little bit of money on it? You know, the real estate folks are, they are billing the agents to have a, a presence on those sites. Right, you know? right. And, and, and that's great. And, but from a small business perspective, here's what really kind of got me uh, excited about this this column was the, we talked about this before. I think we've done at least one show on it, this gig economy. These are folks that are, you know, doing jobs for, you know, companies like Uber and sure. Instacart, you know, picking up groceries or task rabbit, you know, coming and fixing your screen door, um, that kind of thing. And there are apparently groups of small businesses now operating on top of those platforms. So you have these large entities, 
funded entities. Yes. <laughs> that are, yeah, 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 yeah. Large. You know, not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that are, who knows how long they'll be around, but they're there. I certainly think Ubers will be around a long time. Um, oh, yeah. They are, you know, operating there. But then here are these entrepreneurs that have gone into like, uh, uh, you know, a company like TaskRabbit. And instead of just having being a single person that's kind of going out doing handyman things or whatever, they have started a business and, and said, look, we've got five guys and let's go out. Let's use TaskRabbit and we're going to go out and get these jobs. And to TaskRabbit's credit, they have embraced that instead of trying to slow it down and say, oh gosh, you know, uh, this was not the this was not the plan for our platform is supposed to be, you know, some utopian, everybody helping each other out or single sure. person, whatever that, you know, not, not to belittle them. They've no, good, no, good no. service. Um, they've embraced this idea of, uh, shared reviews and a, you know, shared, uh, group of folks that could go out there and start a, and start a company on their platform, which well, I think that, is awesome. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, if TaskRabbit's goal is to connect, people who need a service with people who who can provide that service in a, in a, in in a, in a way that reduces friction. Right. Yeah. You know, I I don't want to have to hunt for them. I want to go here and find them as opposed to figuring out where else to go. If they're effective at that, why wouldn't they want to connect people to services? I mean, it's a, it's a win-win, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's right. Whether you're an individual or a you know small business, or but kudos to them for, like you said, not getting hung up on where they thought they started their business and being willing to. I don't want to say pivot, but expand. I think yeah. it's a better term. Yeah, yeah. Take take advantage of the opportunity. That's it. You know, um, one of the things I was talking to you about a little bit before we started the show is there is a uh, another a company that. Uh, the sharing economy type thing. They, they they used to be called relay rides and their kind of first concept was that, Hey, there's all these cars parked at the airport and you know, I'm going to SFO and flying to Chicago and somebody from Chicago is flying out to SFO and we both have our cars parked there. Why shouldn't we be able to use each other's cars? Sure. And they had, uh, so they started this service and you could rent, you know, you rented your car and you got paid a, you know, a fee and, uh, uh, you know, there was a lot of uproar in the, you know, rental agencies and this kind of thing and licensing similar to Uber. So I was just going to say Uber versus hotels. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Same kind of thing. Um, and so I stumbled across them and they also just had, uh, you know, sections where look, you've got a car that you keep parked most of the day and uh, you might be able to generate some revenue from it. So you can list it on our platform and, show some pictures and people can come rent your car and we carry the insurance for you and you pay us this. And I was like, man, that's a great, that's a great idea. Uh, I couldn't convince my wife that it was such, that's such a good idea, but uh, I, I think I, it's, a, I, I think it's great. I, it drives yeah. me crazy when I look around and see, I, I mean, what percentage of time that we own our cars, do we use them? It's single digits for most of us. I agree. Yeah. Right. I mean, small. most of the time, I mean, you, you use your car unless you're working in your car, you use your car to get to where you need to go and then it sits there and then you use it to get back home and then it sits there and then you sleep and it still sits there. So yeah. anything that can alleviate that, you know, and this is why, and I know I'm on a tangent now, but I'm just going to no, take it because right. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, this is why I, 
I really like the concept of self-driving Uber, right? Yeah. Because when that becomes, that solves the problem of, of not enough Uber drivers in, you know, rural areas and all of that. Once that becomes ubiquitous, nobody needs to own a car. Some people will choose to own cars. Yeah. As, as long as you can still choose to own a car that you can drive yourself. And there's some arguments whether that should even happen or or whether if you own a car, you should be able to drive it on like normal surface roads. Yeah, right. That's I mean, my concern. And I'm, I, I, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But think about, I mean, when every, once I had that thought, I can't look anywhere without thinking, man, look at all the space we waste for these cars that's we right. don't need. I mean, go to a city. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's astounding. It's built around these massive, you know, hunks yeah. of steel that you don't, that oh, you park most of the time. That's it. That's it. You, you know, and they're all in each other's way and it's just crazy. So, uh, so yeah, yeah so, I, I, I like where we're going with all this. Yeah. Stuff. So yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah. So and I realize the, that's not middleman, but you know, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, it's, it, it's a good, good I had to, yeah. I had to go there. Yeah. It's so, cool. I, yeah. I, I hear, I feel you. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so relay rides, yeah. As kind of pivoted as well. They rebranded themselves as, as Turo, T-U-R-O. Yeah. You find them at Turo.com. Same concept. You can, you can register and, and rent your own car and that kind of thing, but they're, they don't seem to be as heavily into the whole airport concept anymore. It's more, no matter where you're at, when you travel, just like Airbnb, you want to rent a car. Why wouldn't you go rent a cool car? Right. You can go right. rent a sports car, an SUV, all these different things, depending upon where you're going. And so I, I, I love the concept and I'm always looking at things. And I started, I noticed this was before I read this article, but I found the same people's name coming up on multiple cars. And I thought, that's that's interesting. Uh... And doing a little more research. And then I found there was a and, and I for the life of me, I couldn't find it here before the show. But uh one fella who had a kind of a branded, you know, uh, certification even uh, for this group of cars that he had. And so what it turns out after looking at a little research a little more, there's, and I don't know how many of them there are, but just like on TaskRabbit, where they're coming together to start a business to operate within that platform, so have uh, people done it on Turo. Is they've gone and said, look, well, I'm going to go buy or I own three or four cars. And these folks have micro fleets. I'm just looking at one right now and, and we'll link it on the notes that, you know, this guy owns, has about seven cars, all different types. He's got a Jeep, sure. got a sports car. He's got a, you know, a sedan, he's got a big SUV and you know, he's in Colorado and you go up and you can pick whatever you want. And, you know, I think these guys looking at the numbers and looking, you can kind of start to extrapolate the numbers based on, reviews and uh the rates per day and the you know the inexpensive cars are 20 bucks a day and uh you know then it goes up from there depending upon what you want and they have some exotic cars and things but man that is such an awesome example of american ingenuity in my parent in my opinion of oh we have this platform here i have one car i'm making uh you know three four hundred dollars a month gee you know if i had seven or eight cars. And maybe if I got some better cars that I could charge more for, I could maybe make a you know couple grand a month, you know, or even or more. And uh, it's kind of like having a vacation home that you're renting out. Right. You get access to the, uh, you know, the asset, whatever it is, a, a vacation property or a, another car, but you have it up on this platform. And if somebody rents it out, you, you know, uh, 
you make. And these people rent the car for a long, it's not like a daily, you know, rental. I'm looking at some of these reviews and, you know, where this guy rents this car for, you know, it's 30 bucks a day. But the first review says, what a great deal. I rented the car for two months. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, and it's quick, you know, you have the app, of course, there's an app on your phone or you can find it on the web and you hit it up and the guy, it's, you know, nine o'clock at night or whatever it is. And the guy says, Hey, I'm looking for a car. And if you're so inclined to, you know, hustle and be in business, you can say, sure, I can meet you and drop the car off in 10 minutes or whenever. So it's, you know, the opportunity is it's dramatic. And, And I love that example of here. Turo is, you know, a middleman, you know, bring these, this opportunity to people, between the renter and the car owner. And then on top of that, a whole nother group of, you know, folks have decided to turn it into a, you know, small business and, and expand it out. It's, I think it's the middleman on the middleman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's killer. It, I think it's, it's great. Killer. Yeah, I do too. You know, too, so. um, it, it's funny when, when you shared this article with me, it, it starts by saying, you know, there were these very smart people that were, uh, predicting the, uh, you know, the, 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 the death of the middleman with yep. the internet. And of course, you know, this was like in 1995, these people said, and I'm thinking, huh, that's interesting. Cause in 2000, I started a business that is nothing but being a middleman on the internet. Right. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's what backbeat yeah. media does is, um, you know, we partner with, with publishers, podcasters and websites, and we sell ads, uh, on their, on their site and we take their headache away. I mean, that's what we've always said is we make this easier for them. They don't want to have to do this. So they don't, you you know, and, and similarly the publisher, the uh, advertisers appreciate being able to come to one place and, and it's somebody who speaks their language and you know, it it just makes life easier. So you're adding, you're adding value. We're adding value, but in a, in a very kind of classic middleman sort of role, just in, you know, what at the time was a new, uh, medium. Now it's not all that new anymore, you know, obviously, but, uh, sure. Yeah. That's awesome. And and I think it's, it's, it's great. And it's, it's a different type of middleman, but a middleman nonetheless. It's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's fascinating. And and I think the message is, you know, what excited me most about this article and, and, and about the book is there's opportunities everywhere and, you know, the traditional uh, idea and concept of a business and a storefront or even a website, you know, that's just the start. And there's so many other ways that you could look at it, especially if you're trying to get out on your own. And I, and I, and I always, one of the things that I, I hear all the time when I'm talking to people that think about, oh, I'd love to start a business. And I, I listen to you guys talk about the flexibility and all these opportunities but I don't know how to make that step away from, you know, my, that biweekly paycheck type thing is, is, you know, I always try to talk, look, just start doing anything, you know? And when I look at these services like Turo, it's like, well, do you have a car? You know, I mean, go rent your car and figure out the headaches and the opportunities that are involved in that. And you quickly learn that, well, gee, I can, maybe you can run a business from within this platform you know, or get a couple of buddies together. Do you know how to paint or do you know whatever and start doing stuff on TaskRabbit and maybe you could build a specialty, you know, not competing against everybody that's doing the same thing, but maybe your specialty is, you know, nurseries. Maybe you're a craft, you know, designer that can build a, 
you know, a tree on a wall in a room and you specialize in some kind of thing, that's what, you know, makes you stand out and, you know, we'll, we'll create that opportunity for you. Use these platforms and come up with new ways to, to, uh, start a business and businesses that we haven't even thought about. And then, you know, reach out to us and tell us how you did. You know, you, um, you hit on something here. That's the right way to say this. We we talk about, um, not making fear-based decisions, right? But often the biggest fear-based decision that would be business owners make is not to start a business because the fear of, well, I got to start this thing. I don't know yeah. where to start. Right. Right. I, right. You no, know, that's the thing. And as you were saying that I'm thinking, Oh, what, this is it. You know, this is why I wasn't afraid to start a business because when I was a kid, I mowed lawns. I, I just yep. needed to make some money, but it meant that I had to track some expenses and some income, I, you yep. know, sort of, I mean, I, I needed to oh, pay sure. for gas and you know, for the mower and I needed to buy a new mower every now and then. And then I also, you know, I'm a drummer, played in rock bands and, and, you know, played in bars. And I was like, well, I got five people in the band, including me, that are all interested in what's happening, you know, with the money we just got from that gig. But we're also mailing out, you know, this was back in the old days where you didn't have an email list because nobody had email. So we had to, you know, literally print up postcards and mail them out to, you know, a thousand people at a time. And there was real expenses. So it meant, all right, well, I got to, you know, whatever. I just got to track this stuff. Okay, no problem. But in retrospect, those are the things that you need to know how to do as a business owner. And once you've done it, even if it's not the business you're going to be in as your career, just do something. It's it's muscle memory. It's muscle memory. Yeah. Break. (laughs) Well, and it's also, but it's not just muscle memory. It's, it's, you've experienced it and you know, Oh, this is, I've been having conversations with people about a completely different topic, but the same lesson is true. Change is always, almost always easier to do than it is to think about, you know, it's so much, you know, in retrospect, everything I've ever done that seems like a big change. It's like, Oh dude, that was really, that wasn't a big deal at all. The worrying and the lead up. Yeah. The lead up far worse, far worse. Cause you can, you, the problem is you sit there and imagine all of the things that either you need to do or the problems that you're going to have, or, I mean, you can, the, the, the world is your, is your canvas at that point, right? You just yep. sit there and, and paint the worst picture you could possibly come up with. And the reality is a couple of those things that you've thought of are going to, are going to come true and you're going to have to deal with them, but not all of them. I mean, nobody's that unlucky. No. Oh yeah. You know? Sure. 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 <laughs> you know? yeah. So that's right. You know, not, not even me. So it, you, yeah, but just like you said, muscle memory, just do it, do it, break and start through. small. And, and, and I think that's a, a critical part of it is those those skills you're going to start using and exercising on talking to people. How do I market? Let's say you wanted to do not to stick on this car thing, but you know, if you want, it's a perfect example. Yeah. yeah. How do how do I get more exposure on the site? Well, if everybody's up there renting inexpensive Hondas, well, maybe you should have a different kind of car, you know, look at who's, you know, doing the best and read their blog and figure out things. All those skills that you're going to start using and developing and then, you know, oh, I, now I'm making money. Should I, uh, I'm, I'm having expenses. What do I do? Maybe I should talk to an accountant. All those skills you're using, even on a limited basis, are going to 
lift you up, you know, uh, and, and help you take the next steps when the next opportunity comes along that you say, oh, I already know how to do this. I already have an accountant. I know how to manage this money. It wouldn't be that hard for me to do a little extra on the side here. And, and you start down that path of stepping away from, you know, that, that, uh, W2, that paycheck and onto building something that will, you know, produce for you forever. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to create an opportunity for yourself to see the light of, yeah. of, of that. And and it's there there's nothing stopping. It's totally there. Uh, yeah. 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 It's interesting. You know, and, and here's another thought to kind of bring it back to our, our middleman topic. Every single business owner is a middleman, even if it only means that you're a middleman for yourself, right? Because if you're, you know, let's say I'll, I'll use myself because I got no better example. There was a time when I was in business for myself. No one else worked for me. And what I did was I uh, fixed people's computers, but I needed people to know that Dave could fix their computer. So I had to create Dave, the nerd, right? And I had to market Dave, the nerd. And then when Dave made some money, I had to do the accounting for Dave, the nerd, you know, there's all these things. And, And so I was this middleman. For myself, but then I realized, wait a minute, if I'm doing, there's two parts to this job. Actually, there's about 15, but if I separate (laughs) them, there's the actual service I provide. And then there's all the crap that I need to do to, you know, make it so that I can keep providing that service in a way that's profitable and, and effective for me and my customers. So why can't I replicate that for other people? And suddenly there it is. That's right. And, you know, I often talk to folks that seem to be really focused at, you know, to use like a football uh, analogy, you know, they're focused on the end zone and making a killing and doing it, make big numbers and this kind of stuff. But really, I always try to bring it back and say, look, go figure out how to make a hundred bucks or make, make $500. Can you go make 500 bucks this month doing something extra? Yeah. And once you make that, Okay, now how do you take that five hundred and how do you make a thousand? And then how do you okay if you can make a thousand bucks, you can make five thousand. Yep. There is no question in my mind that that same exercise and skill set that it took you to make a thousand bucks, you can make five grand or ten grand. And you know, not to sound like an infomercial here, but oh. <laughs> time and time again. You know, hey, buy our package. Uh, time and time again, <laughs> it's folks sign that, up for our newsletter. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Uh, it's people that can't make that hundred bucks or can't make the 500 bucks. They're the folks I constantly still talk to for many, many years about, Oh, you know, yeah, I'm waiting to figure out to where I can leave and make my, you know, six figure salary. Like, well, man, you can think about that for the rest of your life. Uh, you can have some epiphany, but stop and just start doing something. There, there to, is no you know, epiphany. No, it's, it's not going to drop out of the sky. It's hard work. And it's no. 99%. I mean, there, there will be you know. some, there will be something that you stumble into where you say, Oh, Hey, yeah. Whoa, wait, but you aren't going to realize it when you stumble into it. No, you're going to realize gonna f- it three steps later. When you're like, right. Hey, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. This thing that I'm currently doing. Whoa, this is awesome. Right. Forget all this other stuff. And people then, like this. Yeah. You know, people they're willing like to pay this. me for this. Right. And and you're not going to realize it sitting behind a desk, drawing oh. a paycheck from someone else. You're going to realize it in the middle of the night when you're not 
sitting there watching TV, when you're on your computer looking for things, or when you say, oh, I could do that, I could make this, and oh, I found this on Etsy.com, and yep. shoot, I could make that thing, and this guy's charging a fortune for that. Why couldn't I go and make sell this and make $100? Every one of us has That's asked it, ourselves man. that question. Like, yep. oh, I could, or, or, or said, I could do that. The difference yep. is, but the difference between the people that are doing it and everyone else is that the people that are doing it simply have done it. They're doing it. That's it. Yep. Right on. That's it. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. So I don't know. Me. I don't know how we got here, but you know, <laughs> it's know. good. Well, I think it's a good, you know, I, th- well, I think we're all middlemen. There's nothing. And, and I think that's the, that's sort of the, 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 the theme here. There's nothing special about, you know, there's nothing that separates you or me or any of us from what anybody else is doing. You just do it. Do it. Yeah. That's and, it. and opportunity abounds. You know, and it's in places that you don't normally look for. So right. go out there and get it. Just go, yeah, just grab it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Come back well, and tell us, tell us how you did. Yeah, please do. Yeah, I would love to hear people's stories about, like, if you can look back. You know, what was it that opened the door for you, and said, "Yeah, I can, I can do this." And and you know, it took me until today to realize that it was, you know, just mowing lawns and playing in a band, doing stuff that forced me to have to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to deal with this other stuff. I know how to do that. Fine. No problem. Yep. Now it's a skill you have. Uh, awesome. Feedback at businessshow.co. Tell us your stuff. What else you got for him, Shannon? Anything? I think that's it, man. Go out and get it. Make yourself do it. See you next week. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.